All right, how many of you have a Bible? How many of you have a Bible? You have a Bible, let me see your Bible and put your Bible in there. How many of you have a red Bible? Anybody have a red Bible? Red Bible? Everybody ought to read their Bible. So all of you ought to have your Bible up, and everybody's Bible ought to be a red Bible. Read your Bible and pray every day and let the Lord work in your life. Y'all, some of y'all just got, it's Monday morning, didn't you? That was classic right there. Oh, five minutes later. That's good stuff. It's going to be a good day. Take your Bibles with you and find the book of Romans and find the sixth chapter. Romans chapter six in your Bible. And let's get this spiritual emphasis revival week started in chapel. Romans chapter six in your Bible. When I was in college, I memorized this and got an easy hundred uh, on, a, uh, on a test grade. I got an easy 100 test grade from memorizing Romans 6. Only 23 verses, and you ought to consider it. It's a life-changing chapter, one of the best chapters in the Bible, and I hope you'll get to know it this week. Let's talk about it. Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. If you're there, say, here I am. All right, most of you are. Here we go. Chapter 6 and verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, chew on this just a little bit. To get the idea of it, you have to go really back to maybe um, uh, chapter 5, verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, that would be Adam from the Garden of Eden, and Eve. therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, that would be Jesus Christ, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. How many of y'all know that we're all sinners? How many of y'all know that? Does everybody know that? And that Jesus is the one who died for sin? Do y'all know that? Everybody got that one? And so then verse 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made sinners. How many of y'all know that all of us are sinners? Y'all know that? And yet through Jesus Christ we can be made righteous. How many of y'all knew that? Did y'all know that? And then verse 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Why did God give us a law? So we would know we're sinners. God says, do it. We don't do it. God says, don't do it. And we do it. We do things we ought not to do. We don't do things we ought to do. The Bible says, the law entered that the offense might abound. Chapter 5, verse 20. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Everybody say amen to that. All right, everybody say amen to that. Come on, all of you. If you don't say that with me, come up here and say it. Everybody, wake up. I know it's Monday morning. Put a smile on. Say it with me. Say amen to that. All right. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That, as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And then we get back to our text. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then Paul answers that by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Shall we continue in sin? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Look at verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Look at verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead... Uh, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. Let's talk today about some truths you ought to know. Some truths you ought to know. Some truths you ought to know. Do you see that in verse 3? Know ye not? Don't you know this? Don't you know this? 
Down in verse 6, don't you know this, that our old man is crucified with him? Don't you know this, verse 9 says, that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Truths you ought to know. Now just meditate on the opening verses. Just meditate on them. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What's the answer to that question? What's the answer to that question? It's in the Bible. What's the answer to that question? God forbid. All right, everybody wake up now and say that when we just kind of like that. You ready? Hold that, hold that first word a little longer. You ready? What's the answer? Shall we continue in sin? God forbid. Here's another way of saying that. Good heavens, no. Good heavens, no. So smile at your neighbor. Y'all need to wake up. Smile at your, everybody smile at your neighbor. I know it's Monday morning, but it's a beautiful day. Smile at your neighbor and say to them, did you get that? Ask them, ask them. Ask somebody around you. Make sure everybody gets asked. Did you get that? Ask them again. And here's the question, and the answer is, good heavens, no. Shall we continue in sin? What's the answer to that? Good heavens, no. God forbid. Y'all try that with me. Good heavens, no. Y'all ready? Try it with me. Wake up. Come on, try it with me. What's the answer? Good heavens, no. What an incredible truth we're going to learn here today. Here's the truths you ought to know. Number one is this. Write it down somewhere. Number one, you need to know about sin. Number one, you need to know about sin. Number one, you need to know about sin. You know what I've learned about sin? Can I, can I, just, can I, just, can I just have a little dad talk with you? You know, I call them Dave Talks. Can we have a little Dave Talk here? A little Dave Talk. Can you handle that? Here's what I learned about sin. Y'all ready for this? Don't be offended by this. This is what I learned about sin. You know, sin is stupid. Did y'all know that? That's the absolute truth. Here's what I've learned about sin. Sin is stupid. Just, just get that in your heart. You don't have to write that in your notes, but, but get that in your heart. Sin is just stupid. There's no way around it. It always has been. It always will be. And that's just how it is. How many of y'all know about being stupid? How many of y'all know about that? Have you ever done anything stupid? Come on. You ever done anything stupid? We all do sometimes, don't we? I was in a church some years ago, and uh, I uh, had pizza with the teenagers before I preached, and I don't know, it got something sticky on my hands. And I ran down, I was getting ready to preach, and I, I, my hands were sticky, so I ran down real quick to the men's room, and I said, hurry, because I'm about ready to preach. So I ran, while they're singing, I ran down the men's room, and I, I, I liked their, their church, a nice church, beautiful facility, and they had automatic soap dispensers. I mean, you know what I mean by that. And we're, we Americans are so stinking spoiled, aren't we? Because this is really hard. And uh, so we make them automatic. You just put your hand under there, and I have a handful of soap now. And I soaped up my hands real good. And for the life of me, I couldn't get the stupid water to come on. Anybody ever done that? You ever done that? So I'm over here waving, you know. Can't get the water. I back up. I, try, I tried the floss, you know. And uh, no matter what I did, I couldn't get the water to come on. I tried so stinking hard to get the water to come on. The water wouldn't come on. And finally, in frustration, I mean, I got to get out there and preach. They're waiting on me, and I'm back here in the men's room with soap on my hands. And I step back, finally, and I look at the thing, and that's when I realized I had a little handle right there. All you had to do is just grab that handle, push it right up, and the water came right out. And I thought, that was really stupid, wasn't it? Here I am, trying to get the water to come on, but it's not automatic. You got to use the handle. You ever done something stupid like that? We all, we all do, don't we? I even made a list. You want to hear my list? See if I can find my list here. I made a list, and... Um, uh, here it is. Let's see here. Here it is. This is a good one. You ever told your mom that you can't find your phone and you're actually on your phone? You ever, you ever done something like that? You ever, uh, you ever gotten up and you've been so tired that you put or, uh, poured OJ on your cereal instead of milk, something like that? Or you ever said to someone or someone ever said to you, they said, hi, and you said, well, I'm good. How are you? You ever done something foolish like that? You ever buttered your hand instead of your toast because you were so sleepy? Or tried putting both legs in one pant leg? You ever done that one? How many of y'all ever tried that one? 
trying to put, you know, both legs in one pant leg? Have you ever put flour on your cereal instead of sugar? I don't recommend that. Have you ever put your shirt on backwards twice in a row? You ever sung out loud in public because you forgot you had your headphones on? Yeah, we all do stupid things, don't we? You ever cried during the beginning of Up? That's a really pitiful movie, isn't it? We were at my in-laws one year, and, you know, we're going to have a nice, we're all hanging out together at my, my mom and dad-in-laws, and, and uh, this is going to be fun. You know, it's going to be fun. We're going to just watch a movie, something happy. And somebody chose up, and then the next thing you know, we're all in tears, and we're all embarrassed. Oh, we all do silly things. You ever had a waiter say, enjoy your meal, and you said something like, you too. You ever had that happen to you? We all do stupid things, don't we? I was getting on an airplane the other day. I was getting on an airplane the other day, and the guy in front of me, the, uh, the lady, you know, she's taking the tickets and scanning the tickets, scanning the tickets, scanning the tickets, and she said to the guy, she said, have a nice flight. He said, you too. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, wait, I guess you're not flying. And I was like, there you go. We all do stupid things, don't we? How many of y'all identify? Do you identify? How many of y'all have a sibling that does stupid things? Can you identify with that? And of course we all do. We all know about stupid things. But how long has it been since you as a teenager stopped and thought like this? Did you know that sin will make you stupid? Did you know that? And that's the absolute truth. Why does Paul come along right here and say, hey, shall we continue in sin? And then he says, good heavens, no. What's the big deal about sin? I'll tell you the big deal about sin. Sin will always, always take us in a wrong way. Always does. It always does. Can I, can I just say this to you gently and kindly and graciously as your friend? Can I tell you something? Nobody has ever played around with sin and gotten by with it. And you won't be the first. See, you can't mess around with alcohol and it not affect your life negatively. You can't mess around with vaping and it not affect your life negatively. I, I don't even understand why teens vape sometimes. That's, that's so silly, isn't it? That's so dumb. I, uh, I was preaching to a youth rally somewhere in West Virginia a couple of years ago, and I was just being dumb. I, was, I didn't really think about it. I was just being dumb, and I said something like this. I said, you know, in my generation, at least we smoked Winston's or Marlboro's, and you all, you, all, you all vape strawberry. And I was just being dumb. You know, it's just a dumb thing to say. I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just being dumb. And, and so I said that and just kept on preaching. Well, it was like a year later. It was a year later I went to this conference, and I was, it was big. There were four rows of seats like here. And I was on the, the side over here against the wall. I was going to preach in that conference. And there was a bunch of teens there, but it was mostly adult men. And yet there was a teenager on the front row by himself. And he had been at the conference where I made that dumb statement about, you know, my generation at least smoked Marlboro's, you know, vape strawberry. And uh, so I thought he's by himself. So I got up and went over and sat down by him. And in the service, you know, they stopped everything and said, pray with the person beside you. So I turned around to him and said, you want to pray with me? And he said, uh, uh, sure, Brother Young, I'll pray with you. And then he, he said, uh, can I tell you something before we pray? I said, sure. And he said, you remember when you were at that conference in West Virginia and you said something about, you know, like your generation smoked marbles and, and my generation, you know, vapes strawberry? And I was like, yeah, you know, like, where's this going? And he was like, you know, when you said that, I know you were just goofing, but he said, I had a, I had a vape in my pocket. He said it wasn't strawberry, it was peach. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a lot better, isn't it? And he said, uh, I just want you to know that I got really convicted about that. And I, I walked out of that service and threw it away because I was so convicted by what you said. I was just joking about it. But, but he was convicted. How long has it been since you stopped and thought about sin? And thought, you know what, if I, if I get mixed up in sin, if I let sin into my life, sin will make me stupid. You, you, ever, you, ever, you ever thought about that, kids? That's the truth. 
It's so dumb what sin does to us. So dumb what sin does to us. I was reading the Bible, just looking up verses. Proverbs 14, 34 says that sin is a reproach to any people. You know what sin will do to you? It will reproach you and embarrass you. Sin belittles us. Sin damages us. Now, Proverbs 20 and verse 9, uh, who can say I've made my heart clean? I'm pure from my sin. Uh, the, the point of that verse is that sin perverts the heart, our thinking, our emotions, our decisions. Proverbs 5 and verse 22 is a verse you ought to know and think about. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sin. You know what sin does to me and you? It captures us and then enslaves us one step at a time. It's a dumb illustration that most of you, I can use this illustration because most of you don't have an issue with this, but you take this idea of smoking. You don't get around teens very much without finding out that a lot of teens are still messing around with cigarettes or, or, or vaping or whatever, you know, the cool thing is uh, to teens. But you, you think about how, how deadly that is. Have you ever, you ever seen a, a 15-year-old teenager and he's, you know, he's goofing around smoking cigarettes? You, you ever seen that happen? You, you, y'all tell me this. Why would a 15-year-old teenager smoke anyway? Y'all know the answer to that? Why, why would a 15-year-old teenager smoke anyway? Do y'all know the answer to that or not? Do you? I mean, you have any idea? Why would you say? Tell me out loud, somebody. Why? Oh, well, peer pressure. Okay, that's cool. Peer pressure. What would you say, son? They think they look cool. Is that still a word? Cool? Somebody said a few years ago to me, they said, oh, the word is lit now. I was like, well, if you're smoking, I guess you are. <laughs> The word is lit. My kids, I can't keep up with these things. No, well, that's sick. I don't know what the difference is, sick and cool and lit and all that. I can't figure it out, so I'm just going to be me, and, and I'm an old man. So it's cool. That's cool. I like it. You use this. I feel better about myself. So why does a teenager smoke? Because he's trying to be what? Cool. Let me ask you a question. What happens to him? What happens? All right, he's cool. He's cool. He's cool. Because there's just something cool about blowing smoke out your nose. Something cool about that when you're a teenager. Now, most of y'all don't have that problem, but think that through. Think that through. Here's a teen. He's 15 or 16 or 17 or 18, and he's trying to be cool and peer pressure, so he's going to try cigarettes. Now, what happens to him if he keeps that up? What happens to him? Well, you know what sin does, don't you? Sin, sin captures you. And the next thing you know, the Bible says right here, listen to this verse again. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sin. He shall be holden with the cords of his sin. What was your name, son? Andrew, come here, buddy. Well, the Bible says he shall be holden with the cords of his sin. See, here's Andrew. He's a senior in, 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 in your school, and he's a young guy, and he's free. He's free. But you know what happens? Sin just, sin just takes hold. After a moment, sin just takes hold and hold on. And if you continue in sin, sin just takes more hold. And there comes a day to where sin just holds all over you. That's a dumb illustration, isn't it? But wouldn't you hate to spend your life carrying me around all the time? Yeah. We didn't have to jump on that fast. But it's true, isn't it? You know what some of you are going to do if you're not careful? If you don't line, find out what Romans chapter 6 says and let it change your life, you know what you're going to do the rest of your life? You're going to drag sin around. Go ahead, walk around. Drag me. Come on, walk around. Pull, pull, pull me. See, isn't that, isn't that a dumb way to live? See, I went to public school, kids, and uh, Andrew and I was in a public school. Uh, I got saved in a public school, so none of my friends were saved. But I got saved, and I had, you know, quit being friends with those guys. But out of all those guys that I was friends with before I got saved, almost every one of them are addicted to cigarettes. I'm 53 years old. I know you're surprised I'm standing because I'm so old. But I'm 53 years old, and, uh, and, and, and all my buddies are 53 or 52, you know, or maybe one of them is 54. But the fact of the matter is every stinking one of them carry cigarettes around with them all the time. I'll tell you right now, they're not being cool. They're not being cool. Tell me why they're smoking when they're 54. Because they have to. They have to. 
Here's what your generation thinks. You can have a seat. You know what your generation thinks? Your generation thinks, that's no big deal. I'm just 15. See, can I, can I use a word? Can I use a word? It's Monday morning. It's early. It's too early for this word, but our generation thinks about porn when they're teenagers like this. I'm just 15. It's just something I look at occasionally on the internet, just something I see occasionally, just something I look at occasionally. And here's what we think when we're teenagers. That's no big deal. I can handle it. I'm just a teenager. It's not like my wife is leaving me. I'm not married. It's not my husband's walking out the door. I don't even have one. We think it's no big deal. But what the Bible wants you to know here is you're not to continue in sin. You're not to continue in sin because sin makes us stupid and sin leaves us stupid. It's just how sin is. Kids, you've got to wake up on this first morning of our chapel services this week and realize sin is a big deal. No one of the Bible comes along, gives us a whole chapter here to say to us, this is what you got to do about sin. you got to know, you got to know about sin. It, it, it makes us stupid, and it leaves us stupid. You ever read this verse in your Bible? As a dog returns to his vomit. That is a great Monday morning verse. As a dog returns to his vomit. And as a pig returns to her wallowing, so a fool, a fool to his folly. How many of y'all have a dog? How many of y'all have a dog? How many of y'all like your dog? Y'all like your, how many of y'all have an indoor dog? You have an indoor dog? I have a dog. I have a dog, and her name is Peyton, and she weighs 65 pounds, and she's an English golden retriever, and she's absolutely a beautiful dog. She's here with me, and she's in the RV right now. She's uh, actually not my dog. She's my daughter's dog. I really don't like the dog. I do not like the dog, but I do like my daughter. And my daughter, my daughter said, Daddy, I don't have a puppy. Can I have a puppy? And I was dumb enough to go, okay, you can have a puppy. And the reason I was dumb enough to do that is because I love her. And the reason it was dumb is because, you know who takes care of the puppy? I do. You know who feeds the puppy? Oh, I do. You know who walks the dog? Oh, I do. You know who cleans up its messes? Oh, I do. So it was kind of a dumb thing to do. I love her, so she got the dog, but it was a dumb thing because I'm taking care of it. Now, I love my dog. My dog is so beautiful. How many of y'all like dogs? Y'all like dogs? How many of y'all like your dog? How many of y'all like your dog? How many of y'all love your dog? How many of y'all love your dog? How many of y'all did not kiss your mom by, but you kissed your dog by? Anybody shame on you this morning if that's true in your life? Didn't kiss your mom by. Have a good day, mom, but you hugged your dog. Now, there's something wrong with that, isn't there? Now, no matter how wonderful your dog is, you know what your dog has this tendency to do? Occasionally, get an upset stomach. This will be a real blessing to you this early in the morning on a Monday. You know what a dog does when it gets an upset stomach? It'll go outside, and it'll just vomit all over the place. That's what a dog will do. My dog was in my living room at my house some months ago, and I was reading, sitting in the living room reading, getting ready to, you know, studying sermons, working on a sermon, and, and studying, had my commentaries out, and all of a sudden, my dog laying there in the carpet in front of me, my dog did that gag sound, you know, and uh, man, I hit the floor, I jumped up, and I ran, and I opened the door, get out, get out, and my dog ran outside, right on the sidewalk, in front of my house, and my dog just vomited all over the sidewalk. How I many of y'all agree? That's just gross. Just say it. That's just gross. It's just nasty. Say it. That's just nasty. Say it. That's just nasty. But you know what's even worse? You know what my dog did? My dog felt better. She got it all out. She felt better. And she was like, mm, I feel better. And then she looked at it and was like, mm, that looks good. How many of y'all know? How many of y'all know about this? Y'all know about this? You know what my dog did? My dog is beautiful. She's highly trained. I paid a lot of money for that dumb dog. And here she is, she, and then, oh, and then she vomits, and then she's like, oh, that looks good, and then she ate it. I'm looking out the window going, oh, that is nasty. 
You know, the vomit was bad. Eating it is even worse. You know what? I, uh, I'm not that way. Are y'all with me on that? I have never in my life gotten sick and gone, mmm, that looks good. Are y'all with me or not? But you know the illustration is? Hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. You know what the illustration is? Oh, yes, you do. So I wouldn't do that. Oh, yes, you will if you don't deal with sin. Because you know what the Bible says? Every time you and I know it's wrong, but go back to it. Every time you and I know we shouldn't, but do it anyway. You know what the Bible says? Just like a dog eating its vomit. Because you know why? Because sin will leave you stupid. It'll leave you in bondage. It'll damage your life. Nobody's exempt. Say, oh, mom and dad, go, they're good. I go to Christian school. Nobody's exempt. Kids, it would take us all day. It would take us all day to tell you the stories of kids who sat right where you are, who heard the Word of God just like you did, but decided to let sin rule their life. You know where they are today? In bondage. They literally are slaves. You know why? Because they let sin take over their life. Here's what you've got to know. There's, there's some truths here you've got to know. Number one, you need to know about sin. Now, now, sin is stupid, and sin is full of sorrow. And you know what sin will do? It will write your story. Sin will write your story if you let it. That's the whole point of sin. Here's what sin wants to do. Sin wants to write your story. Sin wants to control your life in such a way that sin tells you who you are. That's what sin wants to do. Sin will say, well, you know, you're just, you know, I'm just discouraged. I'm just depressed. I, uh, this is how I am. I, and, and, and the list can go on and on. You know, I just, there, I just can't, I can't be what I ought to be and, you know, my background. And I, sin wants to write your story. Sin wants to say to you girls, you know what, girls, you'll, you know, you just, you don't measure up and, and, and you're not beautiful and, and, you know, you're just not as smart as somebody else and, 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 and you're just depressed. That's just how you are. And you're just angry. That's just how you are. And, and uh, that's just, that's just how you see sin wants to write your story. And guys, sin is so good at that. Sin will say, do you see you're just a pervert because you can't stop looking at that? Sin wants to write your story. Sin tries to get you addicted, and once it gets you addicted, then sin writes your story and makes fun of you about it. Sin is just a terrible thing. And here's somebody, somebody so I meet teenagers all the time. I'll counsel a teenager who says, well, you know, but you're going to need counsel because I'm gay. Let me just tell you something, young people. What you're doing when you make a statement like that is you are letting sin write your story. God didn't design you to be identified by sin. You are not to be identified by your sin. Sin wants to tell you who you are. You're addicted. You're gay. You, you just battle same-sex attraction. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't overcome that. You're, 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 just, you just, you're just depressed. That's just how you are. You're just, you just got a temper. That's how you are. I'm telling you, sin wants to write your story. But God does too. Which brings us to the second truth. Number one, kids, you got to know about sin. What's the second truth we ought to know? Number two, you got to know about the cross. Number one, you got to know about sin, but number two, you got to know about the cross. Just like sin wants to write our story, the cross wants to write our story. Just like sin wants to tell you who you are, God through the cross wants to tell you who you are. This is such an incredible passage. I I love this text, and I want to pace myself so I can get it all in today. You need to know about the cross. How many of y'all have heard about the cross? Have you? Uh, The old rugged cross. Y'all know that song? Y'all know about the cross, don't you? The cross is very prominent in our lives. And and look look at what the Bible says here in our text. You got the text? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Good heavens, no, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then notice the change. Notice the change. Know you not that so many of us as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death, his cross. 
Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, into the cross, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, referring to the resurrection, this is about the cross, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Look in verse 6, know this, our old man is crucified, there's the cross with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, sit up and don't miss this. Okay, this is the most important things I'll tell you this week. So would you listen to me very carefully? The cross is vital. You know what happened at the cross? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, died for your sin. And he was buried, and he rose again the third day. This is the story of the cross. What's the cross about? You. What's the cross all about? You. What's the cross all about? Me. The cross is about us. Jesus didn't have to die, so why did he? It's about you. It's about you. It's about me. Jesus didn't have to die. He died for us. It was our sin. See, he's not like you. All of us are sinners. How many of y'all agree with that? Do we all do wrong? Yes or no? Nod your head if you believe we all do wrong, do you? We all do wrong, don't we? Everybody's a sinner. Now watch me. Everybody's a sinner. Sin separates us from God. Because of sin, you're not going to heaven. Because of sin, you can't go to heaven. God is so holy that a sinner can't go to heaven. And God is so just that a sinner has to be condemned to eternity in the punishment of hell. And yet God is so loved that his son Jesus died for our sins and was buried and rose from the dead the third day. Did you catch what I just said there? I'm going to review that. Did you catch what I just said there? God is so holy that a sinner can't go to heaven. God is so just that a sinner has to be judged and separated from God for an eternity in hell. But God is so loved that his son Jesus came to the cross and died for our sins and was buried, and rose again the third day. What's the point of the cross? I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness. I'm a sinner, and I need eternal life. I've sinned, and sin wants to ruin my life, and will. It will. It will. But the cross changes everything. The cross says, you know what? You can be forgiven of all of your sin. You can have eternal life. And I know it's early in the semester, but can I talk to all you boys for just a minute, all you men for just a moment, can I? Do you know for sure that Jesus Christ is your God and your Savior? The the Bible calls it being saved. Have you been saved the Bible way? Do you know for sure that Jesus Christ has washed away your sins and given you eternal life? The Bible says there's one God. And there's one mediator between God and men. It's the man, Jesus Christ. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by him. The Bible says there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible says that he bore our sins in his body on the cross that that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. The Bible says, girls, that God the Father put on him the iniquity of us all on the cross. Jesus took our iniquities. Why? Because we're sinners and we need to be saved. 
All of us are sinners. That's our story. We're sinners, and we're going to die in our sins, and we're going to be separated from God in hell. That is the, is the identification of sin. But Jesus died. He was, buried, he was raised from the dead. If I'm a sinner and I say, God, I sure need a Savior. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to miss heaven. I need God in my life. And I turn to Jesus Christ because he died for my sins. All my sins can be forgiven. And because he was raised from the dead, look at me. Because he was raised from the dead, I can have everlasting life. It's not because I deserve it. Girls, it's because Jesus paid it all. He did everything. See, you've got to know about the cross. It's about how you get saved. You don't go to heaven because you go to church. I think you all ought to go to church, but it won't get you to heaven. You don't go to heaven through the Virgin Mary. We revere the Virgin Mary. We honor the Virgin Mary. But she can't get you to heaven. The evangelist can't get you to heaven. A pastor can't get you to heaven. A priest can't get you to heaven. I say it gently. The Pope himself can't get you to heaven. But Jesus can you see, Jesus is bigger than a pope and the Virgin Mary and the priest and the pastor and the evangelist. He's bigger than anything else because he is the son of God and he's the only one who died for your sins and was buried and was raised from the dead. And you can't be saved and be a Christian and be on your way to heaven until you get to the cross. You got to get to Jesus. So I'm asking you all this morning. I'm asking you all this Monday morning. I'm asking you, have you been saved through Jesus? Have you turned to him, trusted him, believed on him, called on him? you got to know about the cross. you got to know about the cross. The cross is the key to salvation. But there's something spiritual about the cross. It's not just salvation. There's something spiritual here. Did, did, you, did you catch this? There's something spiritual going on when it comes to the cross. It's how you get saved, yes. But there's also something spiritual. Verse 3 again. Look at your Bible, verse 3 again. Look at your Bible, verse 3 again. If you got it, say, I got it. All right. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something going on here spiritual. Look at verse 4. Therefore, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that just like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There's some spiritual going on here. Why, 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 what's the cross all about? I shouldn't sin. Don't live in sin. Sin will make you stupid, and sin will leave you stupid, and sin, sin can send you to hell. This is a big deal. But the cross can change everything. Through the cross, I can get saved. But the Bible says right here, through the cross, I can live in newness, newness of life. How many of y'all know that the cross wants to write your story? See, sin does. But the cross does too. Kids, sin wants to write your story. Our culture is famous for letting sin write the story. Whether it's I'm gay or I'm transgender or, 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 or what, I'm depressed, I'm angry, I'm bitter, I'm discouraged, I'm addicted, whatever it is. Sin wants to write your story. But look, the cross does too. And the story of the cross is you can be free. You can have God's power in your life. You can have victory in your life. You know what I really believe? According to the cross, you can be a happy teenager. Can I, can I say that again? According to the cross, you can be a happy teenager. You know, one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced in my life is that there's so many unhappy teenagers. So many unhappy teenagers. And I always think, why are so many teenagers unhappy? Because the culture we live in convinces you to write your story with sin. That's why we're so unhappy. 
We're so down. We're so discouraged. We're so frustrated. We're so angry. Well, that's no way to live because the cross can give you newness of life. You don't have to let sin write your story. I had this girl come up to me some, some months ago. And she's all in tears. and She's like, oh, she's like, uh, Pastor Dave, she was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just always down. I'm just always so discouraged. I'm just always so upset. I'm just always so, so, just so, so, so depressed. And I think, okay, how do I help this girl? Guys, how would you help her? You know, I don't know how to help this girl. She says, I'm not a teenager. And so I said to her, I thought, well, okay, let's evaluate a little bit. I said, uh, you know, first of all, how's things in your life? And I'm thinking, what are you, how's things in your life? So I said to her, I said, uh, what kind of music do you listen to? This one made me chuckle. You know what she said? She goes, uh, oh, I listen to country. And I said to her, maybe there's a connection. Maybe. Maybe there's a connection. Because you ever listen to country music? You know, so-and-so ran off with his wife and, and somebody else's wife. And, and, and he said, you know, I lost my wife and my dog and my truck and I just want my dog back. Lord, bring my dog back. Country music's like that, isn't it? Country music can be so dumb, can't it? I heard this one country music song. I was, uh, I was driving somewhere and I was flipping through the TV or the, the radio channels in my, my truck and uh, just, you know, hitting that, you know, you know seek and you know, on it, stop on a station and I don't like that. And I just kept, you know, going there. And then, then it stopped on this country music station and the country music guy was singing something like this. There goes the neighborhood. You know, he's got the little guitar thing going. And uh, he said, uh, he said his neighbor, that's what he said in his song. He said his neighbor came home from work. You know what his neighbor did? He said, my neighbor came home from work and brought flowers home to his wife. My neighbor came home from work and brought flowers home to his wife. And here's what he said. And he was like, and there goes the neighborhood. He said, now my wife's going to expect me to do that. And there goes the neighborhood. Now, how many of y'all agree? That's a dumb thing to sing about. How many, how many girls think if you're married, your husband ought to bring flowers home to you occasionally? Come on, girls. Y'all agree with that? How, how, come on, girls. Don't you agree with that? If you're going to get married, shouldn't he bring you flowers occasionally? He should stop by the cemetery and get you some flowers, shouldn't he? And bring them home to you. And give you some, or he'll stop by Kroger and buy you some roses. Don't y'all agree with that? And here's this country music singer making fun of that. The second verse got worse because he said, my neighbor went and bought a convertible. And every night when he's done with work, comes home, picks up his wife and takes her on a date. And he goes, there goes the neighborhood. Because no, my wife's going to expect me to. Isn't that the dumbest thing you ever heard of? Isn't that just stupid? Sin just makes you stupid. See, sin wants to write your life. You see what the Bible's want you to know something? The Bible wants you to know the cross can change everything. The cross can rewrite your story. He can save you through the cross, and then he can give you victory through the cross. You can walk in newness of life. I am so glad that when I was 15 years old, I got saved, and I came to know Jesus as my Savior, and I started growing in the Lord. I got to know the cross, and when I got to know the cross, I found out, my goodness, I can have victory. And I am 53 years old, and I have victory because of the cross. It's not because I'm a Baptist preacher. It's not because I wear a suit and tie in my preaching chapels. No. It's because the cross changed my life. You got to know about sin. Number two, you got to know about the cross. Number three, number three, you you got to know about the power of God. You got to know about the power of God. Look at verse four and tell me if you see the power of God in verse four. Do you see the power of God in verse four? Look in verse four and just see if you can find the power of God, of God there. It's in the last phrase, the last phrase in verse four. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Say the words newness of life. Say them louder. Say them again. You can walk in newness of life. That's the power of God, isn't it? 
newness of life. Look in verse 5. Look in verse 5. Do you see the power of God in verse 5? For if we have been planted together in the, in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the what? The likeness of his resurrection. How many of y'all think it's pretty amazing that a man died, they buried him, and he rose from the dead? How many of y'all agree there's power in that? Y'all agree with that? Here's what he says. You can have that power. That's what he says. You can have that power. You got to know this. There's power. You got to know the power of God. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. Knowing this, I love this. Knowing this, that our old man, our sin nature, is crucified with him. Why? Verse 6, why? That the body of sin might be destroyed. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That the body of sin might be destroyed. There's the power of God. Guys, there's not one of you that have to live defeated by sin. There's not one of you girls that has to live defeated by sin. You have the power of God available to you. He says in verse uh, 3 that we're baptized into his death. In verse 4, we can walk in newness of light. In verse 5, we can be in the likeness of his resurrection. And in verse 6, the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And verse 7 said, because if this happens in your life, you are freed from sin. I am glad to tell you on a Monday morning in chapel in Cleveland, Ohio, that you can be free through the cross. And if that's not good news, you tell me what is. You can be saved through the cross. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and you can be free through the cross. He that is dead is freed from sin. There's one more thing you got to know. Number one, how many of y'all agree with this? You need to know about sin. How many of y'all see that? Y'all see that? Nod if you're with me. Y'all see that? Number two, you need to know about the cross. Nod at me if y'all see that. Y'all see that? Number three, you need to know about the power of God. Nod at me if y'all see that. Y'all see that? And here's the last thing we got to learn today. You need, you need to know how to access what happened at the cross. You need to know how to access that. Because now look, look at verse 8. Now, now verse 8 says, now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Do you believe that? you believe that? If you're dead, you can, you can, you can live with Jesus. Do you all believe that? That's what he says here. You can, believe, you can believe that. Believe that. Then verse 9, knowing, got to know this now, that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over you. How many of y'all know that sin doesn't have dominion over you if you live in the power of the cross? Y'all see that? And I, I love verse 10. For in that he died, he died into sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. And verse 11, what's the first word in verse 11? Likewise. Everybody say it. Smile at your neighbor. Go ahead, smile at him. Say the word is likewise. Ask him, say, did you get that? Likewise. All right, something happened. Something happened. Something happened. Jesus died and victory's available. Likewise, love this. This is one of my favorite verses in Romans 6. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, this, this is great. Uh, reckon means to think, to reason, to compute, to count, to conclude. Think this over. How many of y'all believe teenagers can think? How many of y'all believe that? Your parents ever say things like that to you? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? And sometimes the answer is, I wouldn't. How many of y'all identify? I wasn't thinking there. I just thought it'd be cool to jump off the roof. Uh, I just wasn't thinking. I just wasn't thinking. I thought it'd be cool, you know. Well, well, sometimes that's true. But what the Bible says, kids, look, here's what the Bible says. You better think this through. Put your thinking cap on. You kids can think. You got a brain? How many of y'all have a brain? Got a, how many of y'all got a brain? You have a brain? You have a Bible? How many of y'all have a Bible? How many of y'all have a Bible and a brain? You have a Bible and a brain? All right, then think this through. 
You've got a brain, you've got a Bible, you can think. So here's what he says, likewise, reckon, think it through. Think. What am I to think? Here's what I'm to think. I'm dead to sin, alive to Jesus. I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to Jesus. I am dead to sin, but I'm alive to Jesus. Think that through. Think that through. Think that through. Think that through. I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to Jesus. This is our phrase for, for, for Monday morning. I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to Jesus. I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to Jesus. Now, what does that look like? Well, it looks just like what it says. He says, you've got to reckon this to be true. You've got to consider this to be true. You've got to think this to be true. You've got to reckon it, consider it, think it. What's your name, bro? What is it? What is it? Gondel. Yondel. Yondel. Well, I had to pick the guy with a hard name, right? All right, here's Yandel. How many of y'all know Yandel? All right, will you help me with an illustration? All right, come on up here, buddy. Now, the Bible says, the Bible says, Yandel, that if, now let's get over here and see where we can see everybody can see it. All right, so come on over here right in the middle. All right, you ready? Now, uh, are, are you, are you, are you, you're going to do a pretty good job here, won't you? It's because this is important. All right, so this is, this is the key to my sermon is your illustration. All right, so now think this through. All right, now we're almost done, but watch this. Watch this. Got just a couple of moments. The Bible says, if I'm going to live in victory, I have to reckon myself dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. So the Bible's saying, I'm alive through, I'm dead to sin, but alive to Jesus. So the first thing the Bible says at Yondale is that you got to die. Are you ready? So just die. That was a little non-dramatic, but nonetheless, he's dead. Right. No, 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 no. He died. See, here, here's Yondale, and he's dead. All right, he's dead. How many of y'all know that if you're dead, nothing bothers you? How many of y'all know that? Do you know that if you're dead, nothing bothers you? Because you're dead, nothing bothers you. He's dead. If he's driving along and somebody cuts him off in traffic, some guy just cut him off. What does he do? Nothing, he's dead. If I said to Yondell, I said, hey, uh, that girl over there is checking you out. See, doesn't bother him a bit. You say, you are dead, buddy. This is the illustration. See, it doesn't bother him. Why? Because he's dead. One of his buddies comes along here in the school and says, hey, you want to look at this? Take a look at this reel. Take a look at this reel. It's an inappropriate reel. I can't. I'm dead. What the Bible says right here? You've got to consider that to be true. I'm dead. I'm dead. Next time you're on YouTube and there's a thumbnail over there and you know you open that, you know if you open that, it's going to be inappropriate. Can't, I'm dead. Some friend says, you want to hear this dirty joke? Can't, I'm dead. Everybody else is cussing, why don't you? Can't, I'm dead. Everybody else is listening to this rock music, why don't you? Can't, I'm dead. Bible starts by saying, you've got to reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. But, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Number one, he has to die. Number two, he has to consider himself alive through Jesus. Make this dramatic, buddy. Do it, all right? He's got to be alive through Jesus. Just reckon it to be true. You got you to come back to life. You ready, son? This is your point. All right, come back to life for us, all right? That was not quite dramatic, but hey, I thought maybe, maybe a backflip or something there would have been in order. Now, now watch this. See how simple this is? The Bible says right here, here's a lesson you got to learn in Romans 6. You got to know about sin. You've got to know about the cross. You've got to know about the power of God in John Dale. You've got to know how to access what happened at the cross. Because you'll never be strong enough to be the Christian you ought to be. Never. You'll never be strong enough to defeat sin on your own. Nobody can. But I will promise you, 
that if you consider yourself dead to sin, think it, but alive through Jesus, anybody here can have victory. It's the greatest truth I've ever learned, buddy. That's the greatest truth I've ever learned. I'm dead. I'm dead. Say it with me. I'm dead. I'm dead. <clears throat> can we get a little more enthusiasm there? I'm dead. <laughs> Help him out, y'all. Say it with me. Y'all ready? What's, what's, our, what's our first phrase? I'm dead. No, I'm dead. Say it. I'm dead, but, say it, but I'm alive through Jesus. And I promise you, son, if every time, every time the devil comes along and tries to write your story, say, hold on a minute, I'm dead to sin, but alive to Jesus, you can have victory. One of the greatest truths I've ever learned, every time the devil tries to write your story, every time the devil tries to destroy your life, you say, hold on a minute, devil, I'm dead to sin, but alive to Jesus, I'm telling you, you can have victory. That makes sense? Isn't that a good truth? That's cool here. You know that? You can have a seat. All right, we're done today. Here's our phrase, I'm dead to sin, but alive in Jesus. Here's our phrase of Monday morning. I'm dead to sin, but alive in Jesus. I'm dead to sin, but alive in Jesus. I'm dead to sin, but alive in Jesus. Here's our phrase this Monday morning. I'm dead to sin, but alive in Jesus. And you've got to consider that true. 